Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Well, y'all done heard me tell a story about my encounters with uh, Navy medicine and whatnot, and that story about me at boot camp, and when they was, you know, when you're a new recruit, or back then anyway, I was a new recruit in boot camp, how... That first week was all, you know, trying to figure out how to put your damn underdrawers on the right way and and cut off Irish pennants and and learn that terminology of bright work and I I sir and and going to see the doctor and the dentist and anyway and in boot camp if your first week if if they even thought you you had uh, wisdom teeth in your mouth. And it doesn't matter if they could be seen, not seen. If they spotted them on a x-ray, them old boys wanted to dig them out. And I talked my way out of it. I don't know how I did it. And uh, and I uh, I had mentioned in that episode, I forget what episode that was, but I've, I mentioned in that episode about the story about later on, I tell you about my wisdom teeth in the Navy. So anyway, you know, this was probably within my first two years in the Navy, and I was in a fighter squadron in Oceana, Virginia. And I started getting a toothache. I thought, man, it was a hurting back there in the back. And uh, I made a, a dental appointment over at the at the branch clinic. And they they was big back then. Back you know, and back in 1981, man, that the, the Navy was huge. We had so many sailors and ships and aircrafts and squadrons and core was hot and heavy. But anyway, so I went over there and I seen the dentist and he he does his X-ray things and he does his exam. He said, well. You got a wisdom teeth, a wisdom tooth that's trying to force its way up. I can, I can, I can see it. It's coming up right there. I said, "Oh, well, that must be what the pain is." He goes, "But I also see on the other side over here, you got a pretty bad cavity. We need to fill that. Let's set you up an appointment." He said, "We can't do it right now. We we'll set you up an appointment. You come back in about forty-eight hours." I said, "Okay, I can do that." So I did. So I made the appointment, and I come on back, and. Um, and this is kind of somewhat related to the, the story I told uh, last week, I think it was last week, a week before last, about my encounter at Bethesda Naval Hospital with an emergency appendectomy. But uh, I've, 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 maybe I should have told this story first to keep it chronologically in order. But now, so I've gone back, I've, you know, my, my, my Bethesda Naval Hospital was a 1994 story. So now I'm, I'm jumping back to 1981. It could have been early '92 or '82. Either anyway, it doesn't matter. It was 80, late '81 or early '82. Uh, so I'm, I'm I go back to see the dentist, and uh, same guy, and he's getting it all set up, whatnot, and he's got his little you know old fashioned X ray film click stuck up there on that little window chart thing that's got the backlight on it, and he said, "We got to get you all numbed up here, and we'll get to work on this." I said, "Okay." So. Uh, he he gets that that shot and everybody knows it's it's like you know you know how to, the dentist when they give you them shots um, I don't I don't guess this is something they teach at dentist school or some dental school but uh, they they keep the needle uh, obscure you can't see it they kind of hide it behind them 
and then they bring it up real slow up over their right leg. Most of them are right-handed. And they bring it up real slow, and then they bring it up across your chest, and you can't see it, and your eyes will be, you know, you know, my eyes anyway, your eyes will be darting all around going, what the hell, why is it all of a sudden being obscure? What's he, what's he got? Well, they got that big-ass damn stainless steel syringe that looks, looks to be about like a, the size of a man's hand, it's got them big finger holes. You know, normal syringes don't have that, like when they give you a tetanus shot or something. It's a little plastic hootigator, and they stick it in there. Well, he's got the big thing. I thought, God, it looks like something you'd give a tranquilizer shot to a cow. And they bring it up, and they, you know, you never see it. And then some dentists will, uh, they used to shake the crap out of your gums and stuff, your cheek. You know, like, oh, but they rubbed it with something first and all this crap. Anyway, so he gives me a series of shots on the on on the left side where uh, he said that big cavity was. I thought, okay, well, that's what we're going to do first. He's going to fill that tooth first and work on that, and then he'll get over on the right-hand side. So he gives me all these shots, and he pats me on the, you know, on the head and says, uh, I'll be back. I'll let that set. So him and that other feller leave, and uh, I don't know, you know, a few minutes went by, and old, old dentist comes back in there, and he says, uh, how's it feel? And he's poking around. I said, you know, he's just pushing on my on my face. I said, it feels pretty numb. So he said, okay, we'll get going. And he brings the tray over, and he rolls it over, and I'm looking at the tray, and I thought, damn, that's a lot of tools to fill a cavity. And he grabs that big-ass damn knife and a pair of pliers, and I put my hand up. I said, hold, hold, Doc. I said, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm just going to get that wisdom tooth out. I said, well, I, I think it's on the other side. <laughs> Yo, I kid y'all not. That old boy rolls that stool over there to that damn, you know, lighted board on the wall where it got the x-ray film on it. He snatches it off, flips it 180 degrees, and slaps it back in the clip, and he said, well, I'll be damned. You're right. And I thought, son of a bitch. <laughs> so. He's been dead in the wrong side. I said, he said, why didn't you say something? I said, well, I thought you was going to feel that. He goes, oh, no, we're going to do that next week. I thought, well, snap, man. Uh, okay, what we're going to do next? He goes, well, I, I'll just dead in the other side. So he gets another, you know, the big-ass thing and reloads it. And I think he's embarrassed at this point. And I thought, hmm, wow. So he, he, uh, Gets it all set up, you know, and he puts the stuff in there, and he he gives me another series of shots on the other side. And again, I think he was embarrassed, so maybe he thought, "Well, I'm, I'm going to make sure it's really good." So he gives me a shitload of. I mean, he's pumping it, pumping it, pumping it. And again, he pats me on the head and he says, "I'll let that set in, and I'll be back." So he leaves. Now I'm leaning back in this chair, and then got shots on all back here on my left side. Now I got a shitload of shots back here on my right side, and I. And I start choking, and I it 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 comes to it comes to my attention that I can't keep my tongue from falling back in the back of my mouth, and my tongue's going back, and I'm starting to choke. So I launch out of the damn chair, and I'm I'm sitting in it, but I'm hanging my head over, and I'm gagging, and I'm literally putting my hands in my mouth, and I'm I'm digging my damn tongue out of the back of my throat, trying to keep it from going back yonder. And about that time, he walks in. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I'm holding my tongue with my hand, and at the same time, I'm trying to say, I'm swallowing my tongue. And it sounded something like, oh, 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 oh. So that's why I'm like, are you, 
I, I, I can't keep my tongue from falling back. He's like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> so he takes me, helps me lay back down. He's got on, you know, he put, he's got on gloves. And he, and he takes my tongue and he's holding it. And he tells that, you know, other sailor, of course, he's a, he's a dentist, so he's an officer. So he tells the other sailor, I guess, who's a, like a, a dental hygienist or a tech. I don't know what to call him, dental tech. And he says, get me something to hold his tongue. And the guy leaves. And he's gone for what I would consider an extended period of time. Hell, he's gone like, you know, a minute or two. And he comes back. He said, this is all I can find. And he had one of them big-ass black paper clip things that you would hold like, you know, a, a mess of papers that could be a half inch thick. You know, it's black and it's got them two silver clips on it. He says, it's all I can find. He goes, that'll work. And I ain't kidding y'all. He clipped my damn tongue to my bottom lip. Did it hurt? You damn skippy, it hurt. And But there was so much numbness going on, I think I didn't feel all the pain, but it hurt. It was very uncomfortable. And he does what he does. And he has to. I mean, he's back there, man. He's cracking, popping, and he... He gets that damn tooth out, and when he pulls the clip out, of course, I look in the mirror as soon as I get up. I got this big damn black bruise on the bottom of my lip, and I thought, and my tongue, it was all purple on the end, and I thought, snappity crap, man. So <laughs> he writes me a prescription. He writes me a prescription for pain medicine, and then, you know, sends me back to work. So I go back to the hangar. And the guys are making fun of me because I got this big blue mark on my bottom lip, like somebody popped me. And and my my bottom right jaw, man, is it's it's all you know swollen and whatnot. And they gave me some meds, so I, I immediately took them as soon as I damn got to the hangar. Pop pop topped me two of them pain pills, and went back to work. And uh, I'm spitting blood and 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 got all that gauze packed in there, you know, and stuff. And and. And, and about an hour or two later, I thought, son of a gun, this is hurting. So I took two more pills. I thought, what could what could possibly go wrong? So I took two more pills. When I asked him past lunch, I didn't eat anything because I couldn't eat. And he, and, I said, and he told me I couldn't eat anything unless I drank something. So uh, I took two more pills. And, you know, it's, it's past lunch. And around about 1 or 2 o'clock, I am dying. And I thought, man, I usually, I can, I can buck up with some pain, but I, I can't. I'm, I'm literally, my t I got tears in my eyes, and my face is hurting so incredibly bad. So I, 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 talked, uh, I ran into my gunner, Gunner James C. Bulick, a great American. I'm, I'm going to do a whole episode on James C. Bulick. Called him Gunner, Gunner Bulick from Pennsylvania. A great, great, great American. I, 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 I owe him... Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I'll tell you that story later. But anyway, so I went to the gunner, and I said, hey, gunner, I said, I ran into him in the hangar, and he he was very personable. He's a great leader, great leader. He could tell right off the bat something's wrong, and I told him, and he's like, well, go home. Why are you still here? I said, I, you know, I, I'm first class. My chief didn't tell me I could go home. Well, he goes, well, take your ass home, man. You ain't no good. You're in that kind of pain. So I'm living in a house trailer in Norfolk, Virginia. So I get my little old damn Datsun 310 GX hatchback uh, box, and I drive my happy butt home, and I'm I'm in my head is throbbing. I'm in so much freaking pain, so I get to my wonderful little old house trailer that I own, and I uh, I just lay on the couch, and and I can't take it, and it is getting worse 
and worse and worse. And I'm I'm literally, I am freaking dying. And and at this point, I ain't kidding you. I'm crying. And I thought something something's wrong. And and I had taken more pain pills. As soon as I got home, I took more, took two more. And they ain't working. And I'm just so I called back to the hangar and I asked to speak to the gunner. Got the gunner on the phone and I told Gunner, I said, something's wrong. I don't I don't know what's wrong. And um he said, Well, call the call the damn dentist, you know, call, call Oceana. So I called back to Oceana. They're still there. And I called back and I'm talking to them. I'm talking about all this pain I'm in. And they said, well, let's transfer you over to the pharmacy. So they transferred me over to the pharmacy and I get some pharmacist tech on the phone and I'm telling him, I'm like, Hey man, I've done blank, 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 blank. And I've either got six or eight of these pills in me and nothing's working. I said, this pain is absolutely splitting my head open. So he has me read the label on the bottle, and I do. And then he asked me to physically describe the, or describe the peel, what it looks like, the color, the shape, the size, and what numbers are printed on it and stuff. And I described that to him, and he puts me on hold. And he comes back, and the old boy chuckles. He chuckled a little bit, and he's found humor in the fact that they have given me the wrong damn medicine. He said, well, somebody gave you the wrong pill. <laughs> he said, but here's the good news. Those are all just antibiotics. At least you won't get infected. And I thought, son of a bitch. So I said, well, what do I do? He said, well, come back. Now, we're talking driving back from Norfolk, Virginia, all the way back to Oceana, and it's damn near quitting time. If anybody's lived in the Tidewater area, you know what that means. And I said, okay. So I hung up the phone. I thought, I'm going to call the gunner. So I called the gunner. And this is all back old, just old-fashioned landlines. So I called the gunner. Told him, and he said, they told you what? I said, Gunner, he told me to come all the way back and, and get, get new meds. They, they gave me the wrong pills. He said, hang up the phone and don't go anywhere. And I did. I hung up the phone. I didn't go nowhere. And about five minutes, my phone rang, and it was the dispensary, uh, the pharmacy at the dispensary at the Little Creek Amphib base, which was between me and Oceana, it was a lot closer to me. I mean, it was within like 10 minutes instead of 35 minutes. And they called and they says, you know, is this is this airman or and I was a third class? Is this Pretty third class Daniel? I said, yes. They confirmed it was me and said, we need you to come to the dispensary as soon as you can. I said, okay, I'm on my way. And he literally said, the guy that was talking to me, and he was an officer, he said, you don't need to get out of your car. Drive up to the front steps. Anybody who's been to the Little Creek Amphib dispensary knows what that means. They got a they got a big drive up right there, and they got these big steps go up to the front. And sure enough, man, uh, you know I wasn't in uniform, and I, I drove up. And when I drove up to those front steps, there was there was more than three people. I don't know how many, but there was more than three people, and uh, and they were all in khaki, all of them. And I drove up. And they have got a glass of water, a bottle of pills, and one of them little plastic cups with two pills in it. And I drove up, and they literally walked over to my car and profusely apologized for the error that was made at the other place. Give me them meds. I popped them two pills, drank them. They handed me that and, you know, reassured me and, and told me I could call and come back if, if, if this doesn't take effect within 30 minutes. And uh, so I, I did. I, I, I took them and went back home, and sure enough, in 30 minutes, Life was grand, and um, and it and it took hold. And then uh, the gunner called me back later. Uh, I'm sure he called me from his home because it was now it was past uh, Liberty Liberty call, and he called me 
back and asked me if everything was okay. And I told him, yes, he goes, well, well don't come in tomorrow. Just, you know, it's a special Liberty day. Just stay home. And I did. And I, and I took that and then uh, whatnot. And then when I came back to work, um, I, uh, I got a phone call from the, the, the OIC or the whoever's in charge over at Oceana. And they called me and asked me several questions. And, uh, I just told them what all happened. They wanted my side of the story. And I told them all what happened. And, and then lo and behold, um, Everything, everything was good. I mean, I, it was all, it was all good. It, you know what? The, the the wrong was righted, and uh, but I, I think, and I heard tell, I heard tell that uh, uh, some folks over there at the at the dispensary at the at the pharmacy uh, lost their job, and you know, and and here's what I heard. I heard through rumor through a corpsman is that uh, they had given they had given my pain medicine to some retiree. Uh, I think it was, uh, and they said, and I don't know if this is true or not. So it's just, again, that's the name of the whole damn podcast to hear me tell it. So to hear me tell it, it was, uh, it was a retired captain and they had given him, uh, the painkillers when he was supposed to be taking antibiotics and I was taking antibiotics and I was supposed to be taking the painkillers. So, uh, what could possibly go wrong? Right. So that, that happened. And, and, uh, in 1982, and again, I don't, I don't want anybody cause I got a lot of good friends that are still in Navy medicine. But uh, Navy, Navy, Marine Corps medicine. Anyway, they it's they've been good to me. They've done me right, and uh, but I've I've got some good stories. I got some good stories. Uh, there there was a time where I had this this big cyst growing on my left cheek. It was a big I don't know what they call it, but anyway, it was a big. It was obviously you can see it in pictures. But right on my left, up at the top, right on my cheekbone, was a big cyst, and I had it I had it removed one time when I was a civilian before I ever joined the Navy. It grew there. And it was taken out, and then lo and behold, here it is. Uh, you know, nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I'd already been in the Navy like ten or eleven years. I'm a chief, and I got this freaking cyst growing back, and uh, it's starting to become tender. And I go see a, a doc at the uh, NAS Jacksonville Hospital, and I said, "Hey, I said, uh, you know, can something be done about this?" So he looks at it, whatnot, and he goes, "Oh yeah, I can take that out." I said, "Okay, good. What is it?" And he mentioned whatever medical name it was. All I call it is a cyst. He's like, yeah, I can take that out. I said, all right, doc, no worries. He's a he's a PA, which is a physician assistant, and uh, he uh, he gets some guy to come in there, and they you know they scrub my face and put the little thing on over it. And the doctor, I say doctor, but the uh, warrant officer sitting on a on stool that's got them caster wheels under it. It's one of those stools that when you sit on it. Your weight depresses them little rubber pads so that the casters are kind of, they're spring-loaded so the, the, the stool doesn't roll. It doesn't roll. It's, it becomes stable. Well, I guess something didn't work right. And that old boy, he's, he's got me down on the table. My face is all covered up. They're ready to, and they gave me some shots to numb it up, and he's ready to slit it open and take it out. <laughs> and he, he moves on the stool. I don't know what happened because I couldn't see. But all I heard was a clatter. Bam, bam, boom, utensils hit the floor. And, I, of course, I, I jump up, and I raise up, and I look, and he's laying flat on his ass. And somehow or another, that stool didn't stay under him, and he fell back. He's got a scalpel in his hand. He fell flat on his back, man. I thought, well, ain't that a damn howdy do? So that was another episode of, of being at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a Navy place. Now, somebody may listen to this and think, well, dang, man. I ain't ever gonna join the Navy. Don't don't let that be the case, because again, I have just as many good outcomes as I did, and and I don't think any of these were bad outcomes. They were just they were unplanned events, and um, 
they were all they were all fixed. It was all good. So anyway, I don't even know what the damn title of this is going to be, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll I'll never forget the time that I went to go get my 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 wisdom teeth uh, my wisdom tooth taken out that I foregoed and talked that guy in boot camp not doing it. So here I was, you know, about two years later, and it had to come out, and the old boy makes a mistake, deadens the wrong side, and gets to the other side, and over deadens it, and I'm choking, and then, I mean, what else could go wrong that day? Is says, well, hell, we'll just give you the wrong damn medicine. So um, anyway, that's that's the story, and that's to hear me tell it, but it is, it is the truth. And uh, I, want, I want to end and wrap up by saying thanks to everybody. I, I looked this morning. Oh, and, and let me tell you, today is, I'm recording this on March the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2023. So y'all going to hear this tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, which is going to be March the 8th. Greg Brown's birthday was yesterday. Greg Brown from Howard, Georgia, great American, good friend of mine. We used to call him Half Pint when we was in high school, uh, in grade school. But uh, Greg Greg turned 61 yesterday, and uh, my birthday is around the corner because Greg and I are real close together. And my next podcast uh, is going to be on what happened on his birthday party on March the 10th, 1972. What could possibly go wrong when you got a gaggle of damn 10-year-old boys wanting to have a birthday party on a farm and we're going to sleep in a barn? What could possibly go wrong? Because ain't none of us ever going to sneak in cigarettes and girly magazines or maybe a, a warm beer that somebody found. Ain't nobody going to do that. But uh, the, the story is a story that needs to be told, and I'm going to tell it. And I had reached out to Greg a couple of weeks ago, and I called him. I said, hey, man, I need to ask you a couple of questions. So I was getting my notes ready for my podcast, and I don't have all the damn answers yet. So there was a couple of things I was going to say, but even though my podcast is titled To Hear Me Tell It, I want to be as accurate at least as I think I should be, and especially when it involves other folks. So I thought, hmm, because everybody's got different memories. And I thought, I don't think my memories is going to be as good as I hope they're going to be, but again, it's To Hear Me Tell It. So this morning, I, I, I called old, old Greg this morning at 6. What I get, get my phone here. What time did I make that phone call? So I made an attempt to call Greg this morning, at uh, and, and I think he may be out of town. I thought, oh, crap, that's the reason I hung up. I thought maybe I shouldn't have done that. So at, at 6.53 this morning, I called Greg, and I think he may be in a hotel room in Savannah or something, I thought. And I let it ring about four or five times. I hung up. I thought, damn, boy, I, I, maybe he, he ain't got out of bed yet. But he's he's old Southern working fella, so I figured he's got to be up. But he ain't. So maybe he's had a good night and he's laying there spooning or something. He didn't get up. But anyway, so my next episode is going to be what happened on at, at, out out there at Greg Brown's house at, uh, at his family place, uh, the Browns. I, some, I, I call it Brownville. Anyway, out there in Howard, Georgia. Uh, on March the 10th. It happened on March the 10th, 1972. And uh, that's what that's going to be about. So uh, thank you all for all everybody that's listening. I, d- I do appreciate it very, very, very much. And as of to date, I'm going to let you all know right now, as of to date, as far as the number of folks that's listened, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to announce that I've had 333 downloads in the last... 30 days. And since I've started this, I've had 1,482 downloads to my podcast. Thank you to each and every one. So I appreciate it. Y'all share it with folks. Uh, 
because I think they maybe will find humor in it. I don't know. I like doing it. All right, that's it. I'm going to wrap up. I'm at the 23-minute mark, and y'all know what I'm going to say. I'm going to quote, quote my great friend, Mr. Mike Coker from Elgin, South Carolina. He, too, is a great American, and he's a, warrant, he's a retired warrant officer, U.S. Navy warrant officer. So Mike Coker is going to say, bicycle. Bicycle. <laughs>